There will be some corrections. There will be some pullbacks in prices, which for investors, that's really good news because it gives you another chance to get in on the ship, right, as it starts to move back up. Welcome to another episode of the Market Adventure Show. I'm your host, Alex Cunningham, and I have great news. We are now on Instagram at Market Adventures Podcast. That's at Market Adventures Podcast. Make sure before, during, or after the show to go to the page and drop a follow. Now, if you're new to the podcast, here's the deal. We are everything market, meaning real estate market, e-commerce market, stock market, any way that we can find a way to create an extra source or a main source of income, right? We're all about making money here and the mindset behind it, as well as practical tips and tricks that you can use to create that extra or primary way of making money. Now, in this episode, we're going to talk about the second wave of the coronavirus and can it cause another stock market crash? This episode was brought to you by Amazon's Audible. Click the link in the description to get your free audiobook today. Now, if you didn't know this about the stock market, the stock market is not a direct representation of the economy. It does, however, factor in, or as they call it on the Wall Street, price in. The stock market typically looks six months in the future at the economy, meaning even if the economy is not great now, if they... Me, they, meaning the, the big wigs on Wall Street and you know, general traders, if they feel like in six months the stock market will be in a better place, they'll price in higher prices because they're expecting uh, the economy to, to keep going forward, right? to keep going up. Similarly, if six months from now they see something worse happening, then they'll price that in, which means they'll sell now because they're expecting prices to come down. Right, that's a very that's a very short and skinny of it. Obviously, there are there's a dictionary version of it. Um, there's more textbook versions of it, but just just to make it very simple, that's exactly how the stock market really decides and prices in um, some it, it, sentiments regarding the economy. Right, so it's not a direct representation. It is only an indicator. It's a gauge of the economy, but it is a futuristic gauge. Right, six months out, generally. Now, there are some current events that will impact the stock market now, right? But that the reason that we saw that big crash uh, in late February and March is because six months from then, people were unsure of anything. I mean, they didn't know how bad this thing was. They didn't know the, the full impact of shutting down the economy. There was a lot of uncertainty of what would happen six months from March. Right? So because people are uncertain, what do they do? They cut their losses. Hence, the big crash. Or, as again, you call on, on Wall Street, a correction. Right, a temper, Around 10% or more um, decline in the stock market prices. Right, It was a very big correction. It was more like a crash, but just so we had that kind of vocabulary in there. Now, schools are back. For the most part, right? There, a lot of them are doing hybrid learning. Um, a lot of colleges are already back on campus. And sports are back, right? So those are two really big indicators of 
how people are feeling in terms of uh, whether or not they're fearful or um, how important they think it is to get back on track. We're not going to see another slowdown, meaning even if cases ramp back up, even if other countries decide they want to lock back down, America won't. Right. And again, I'm not predicting the future. Don't take my word. I'm not Nostradamus or Confucius. Don't take my word as predicting the future. I'm only saying what people are seeing, what the sentiment is. We don't feel, those on Wall Street don't feel that um, the officials are going to shut down the economy again, even if coronavirus, coronavirus cases keep rising. Why is that? You got to look at the cases versus the deaths. Even if the cases keep rising, as long as the death toll doesn't continue to rise with it, people are going to take that as a good thing. Meaning you don't want people to get coronavirus, right? Nobody wants that. But when you compare it to the days where New York was having hundreds, close to thousands, or if not thousands of people dying every day from coronavirus, that is a lot different than a couple hundred and a couple thousand getting the virus, right? Getting the getting virus versus dying from the virus. Two, the, the availability of proper treatment, right? So now there's some treatment available to help, right? We understand the, the effect of quarantine and we understand the importance of having ventilators. So we there's a lot more that's understood now that was understood in March and February, right? Where we had that big crash. So people um, sold, right? People were fearful. People were hedging down on the market because they didn't understand, they didn't know. Now there's a lot more information. People know a lot more, and there's also a lot more um, treatments and ways to handle the virus. The next thing is, you know, supply and demand, right? Um, when when I say schools are back, and especially sports are back, right? You want to, you can almost use sports as an indicator, right? Sports are just like uh, moving averages, just like. You know, the MACD, the DMX, the, D, uh, yeah, the DMX, the ADL, like all those different indicators, sports, national sports are an indicator. They're an indicator of people's, um, how they feel, right? How they feel about the current state of both the economy, but the safety of things, right? Sports are a distraction, but they are also proof that people feel like it's safe to start moving in that direction. So some work that I do, my, my main job, I work as an athletic trainer. So when my schools open back up and I'm preparing my athletes to get back onto the field, that is an, also an indication that, okay, people are a lot less fearful now. Now, it doesn't mean they shouldn't stop wearing masks. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't do social distancing. But you can see the sentiment is, the general sentiment, is that people are less afraid. Supply and demand, right? When we talk about supply and demand as it relates to coronavirus, demand is going back up. Schools require different parts of the supply chain, right? Sports require different parts of the supply chain. Before, the supply chain had a lot more product and nobody was demanding it. Everybody was locked up. There was nothing going on. Now that demand is ramping up again, it will match supply and then supply will have to will have to match demand. Right, we're gonna see prices start to increase. So when we start that, when we see that supply and demand, um, another indicator, right, another gauge of people's sentiments regarding the economy. When we start to see that supply and demand start to move and coincide with each other and have this ebbs and flows, but both sides are active. 
right? We're not just having an over a surplus of supply. We're not having a surplus of demand or a drastic decline in demand like we saw in February and March, right? That drastic de- 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 um, decline in demand caused a lot of problems in the economy, right? In addition, the supply chain went down too. The supply chain is back up, but now we need demand to rise. Sports, schools are also an indicator of demand being rising, right? The next indicator that we're going to we're going to need to see is travel, right? People are anxious to move. People are anxious to travel around. When we see people taking more flights, when we see people getting on cruises again, when we see the demand for oil start to rise and we see oil prices start to rise, that'll be another indication that the economy or people's sentiments are changing. The stock market doesn't wait for that stuff, though. What the stock market does is it'll use its different indexes, its different market indexes to kind of gauge how people feel and what's happening over the next couple of months or over the last couple of months, and they will use that to predict the future, right? To say, okay, well, this is where it was at in September. This is where it was at in August. This is what we we um, forecast six months from now, and it'll move in that general direction. So the chances of another crash like March and fe- uh, late, late February, March, are is so unlikely because everybody else, everybody's pricing in that that growth right now the recent numbers recent pmi numbers show that growth has slowed down which makes sense when you go from zero if not negative and you're starting to ramp back up that momentum up is going to be a lot faster than where we are now it's starting to move a little bit sideways which is normal right when something bounces off the floor it always come up with a lot more momentum as it gets higher and higher it has to slow down it's the same thing so this slowdown is okay. People are not necessarily worried about it. Now they're just waiting and seeing. So now that I've answered the question, right, the, the chances of another crash like that, very, very difficult. They made some things that could have an impact and not the coronavirus, right? Some things that could have an impact are the bank strength tests, right? The Federal Reserve doing tests to test how strong the financial institutions are in this country. Because, again, remember in 2008, their weakness, right, their risky movements caused the last crash. So if they're not closely watched, we would hate for them to fail or have some failure, have some weakness when we need their strength the most. So that bank strength test is going to be very, very important moving forward. Fiscal support, right, having Congress pass some kind of bill that, uh, provide some stimulus to small businesses and to um, people who uh, um, apply for or need unemployment, whatever the case is, some kind of fiscal stimulus, that's going to be important. Again, we, we're talking about the um, Wall Street looking at things six months out. What they need is to see people have the ability to be employed and start spending more and more again. If that's not If that's not happening, the future, the six months from now, looks a little bit more bleak, right? So that fiscal support now will help show those on Wall Street the um, potential outlook for the future, which, again, that's what they're looking at. Something that we haven't heard a lot of but is still lingering is China tension. Now, even though it's not really in the news as much, we still have to consider that the U.S. and China are not exactly seeing an eye-to-eye. 
before it was just the trade war stuff, but now the impact of the coronavirus in the U.S. economy and how the U.S. feels towards China regarding the coronavirus on top of trade tensions. And we forgot all the political stuff that was happening in Hong Kong, too. So that China tension is still there. We'll just have to wait and see when it decides to show back up because, again, the news cycle recycles things. So right now that's not in the news cycle. The election is. So we'll have to wait to see what that shows. And lastly, and possibly most importantly, a black swan event, right? We haven't had one of those in a while. They, they recycle just the same, right? Some kind of random event that nobody was expecting is going to hit. It always happens. And the news reports it and people freak out. And when people freak out, selling occurs, right? People take profits because they don't know what's going to happen. So this is not advice. But what I'm looking for moving forward is the banks, right? Right now they're getting beat up in the stock market. Fiscal support, right, to see what Congress comes up with, came up with this weekend, and really analyzing that. China tension, which you can't actively monitor right now, but you're just keeping your eyes open and making sure you're not over-leveraging on the long side with your investments, because that could come back to haunt us. And the black swan event. Again, another reason not to over-leverage on the long side, because not everything is known right now. And with the election around the corner, um, with so much tension with China, with the with the coronavirus, with fiscal support, with you know, with all these different things that are just looming, any one of which can have crazy, crazy news like that, right? So pay attention this coming week and next coming next couple couple weeks. Pay attention for those couple things, and we'll see what happens. And if it's something that I can bring back to another episode, I definitely will. I hope you enjoyed this episode. So if you enjoyed some of the things that I was saying or you have questions or you have comments, message me on Instagram at Market Adventures Podcast. Right, we talked a little bit about the stock market. I know a lot of us are interested in the stock market. I know a lot of us have questions. So shoot me your questions on Instagram, and I would love, love, love to have a discussion about it. I would even love to go live on Instagram so we could talk more uh, um, intimately about the stuff that's going on in the stock market right now. Again, you've listened to the Market Adventures podcast. Make sure you share this with friends and family that you think may need this information. Maybe they're interested in the stock market, but they don't know where to start. They don't know how to start. Or they're a little bit concerned about what's going on right now, and they don't know if they should start. This podcast, this particular episode, may just be able to help somebody out. And we're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever. And we're available on Amazon Podcasts now, Amazon Music. So... Share this with friends and family, and don't forget, the more people we reach, the more people we can free. Until next time.